When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Congratulations to Mike Norvell and his staff. Congratulations to the, uh, to the kids who worked so hard to have the 10-win season, to get the bowl victory, to be the best team in the state, uh, and to now be in a position to kind of use this as the jumping-off point for hopefully something that's building to uh, being special. You know, I did a preview this morning for On3 in which I spoke with uh, the Georgia On3 site in, in getting ready to preview their game against Ohio State, which should be a fun game. Uh, and, I, and I've had the ability this year, and it's been fun for me to work with On3 in this way, to, to talk with other fan bases and other groups. And, you know, obviously when you're talking to Ohio State or you're talking to Georgia or you're talking to Clemson or you're talking to these other programs, they're talking about it from a standpoint of are we going to win the national championship? How close are we to winning a national championship? And I'm, every time I do that, it's not hard for me to harken back to where that was us. It's not hard for me to think about the way that we viewed seasons and upcoming seasons and games from that lens of, oh, well, we've established now we're this. It's a matter of can you win these two or three games, these biggest moments on your schedule. Florida State is trying to get to that. And this game last night reminded me of how much further we have to go while also letting it wash over me that we're in a position to have a much different discussion about what's possible, and that's because this season was a success. Yeah, this offense is missing just one piece. It, it needs one more piece to the puzzle in order to be college football elite and good enough to get you into the playoff on merit, not with luck. And what that one element is, in third and short, second and goal from the one, Fourth and one late in the game when the world knows that you need a yard. Can you get the yard? We can't. We didn't yesterday. We had to go trickeration after failures. Early on in the game, first and goal from the five. We want to go in on the ground. We can't. Later on, for the first time all season, the fullback dive to DJ Lundy does not work. We got to go wildcat to get that yard. The middle portion of the game, you've got a third and one and a half near midfield. You get half of the yardage you need on the first carry. Second carry completely stoned. Turned away. Mm -hmm. Turnover on downs. If you add the element through the portal, through the development of the offensive line, that you can get on third and one against the better defensive lines that you're going to see on next year's schedule, the world knows it's coming, and you still get it, this offense at that point I don't think has a weakness. And if you look around college football next year and you see some of these teams, especially that are in the playoff and playoff contenders, Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama, all breaking in brand new quarterbacks. From the quarterback standpoint, Florida State has one of the veterans in the game, one of the most lethal players in the game. The question is, can you get that extra element on offense to be truly, truly elite? And then what are you going to do on defense 
to fix some of your problems. Because at that point, then you are talking about a legitimate playoff contender. Not a team that goes to the playoff and gets blown out. Somebody does that every year. But one that can contend at that level, and they're not done yet in the portal. Keep going, Collective. Keep going, Florida State. Well, they're about to get, we think, uh, if 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 you are to believe what we're hearing right now, some more good news out of the portal for Florida State coming up here soon. So uh, cross your fingers that that gets done. And, I, you know, they are going about improving the roster. I tweeted out last night, Tom, uh, only two things. I, I, I rather loathe Twitter, but every now and then just an observation from, you know, being in the stands and watching this team play, it, it's, it's, it's worth doing. Um, I just commented that they're not tough enough yet, and, and that speaks to the line of scrimmage for both sides of the line of scrimmage, really. When I do that, I want people to understand that I'm talking about uh, championship-level aspirations. It's not like they're not. I mean, obviously, they won ten games this year. They boat raced Miami. They, you know, won six straight. Their offense put up prolific numbers last night. They had over four hundred yards passing. They did a lot of things really well. Uh, I'm talking about it in in the way of comparison to where you have to be to win a championship. And something I noticed, and and I think this is all part of the growing up process. It'll happen. It comes in stages. You don't make it all up at once. Uh, you know, they doubled their win total. So, you know, obviously they made obvious progress. But the stages that you watch for and you check the boxes, when they play teams that have equal talent or slightly above talent, certainly physically, the the bigger, stronger, faster teams, the guys that can run with you, can hit you, they're not tough enough yet. They get hit in the face a lot and look for penalties. Like, just noticing body language. How many times did Oklahoma play to the echo of the whistle in the first quarter establishing for the night the way the game was going to be played. Like, clearly OU wanted to make a statement that they were there to play, that they were tired of being told they suck, they were tired of being told they couldn't win. I'm sure they were offended by the point spread. I'm sure Brent Venables and OU's faithful reminded them that you own Florida State, you're 6-1 and one against them, and many times Florida State's been favored against OU and lost that game. So they came with a little bit of an attitude. If you look at the recruiting rankings the last several years, they've out-recruited Florida State by a lot. they got better players in a yeah, lot of positions. Yeah. You can see that. You can see it. And uh, they were they were the more physical team early. Now, I thought after we got down, they responded. Florida State, like they did all year long, showed their character and responded to kind of the new standard of the day. They stopped getting up and looking around for penalties, and then they started playing the game. I The whole time in my head, I'm like, play the game, man. They'll throw the flag or they'll throw the flag or they won't. Play the game. If that guy hits you in that moment, hit back. And you started to see them kind of get a little edgier as the game went on, which this mirrored the Florida game in that way. Florida was the more physical team. Florida pushed them around early on because Florida's offensive line is very good. And they were absolutely setting the terms of the fight in that game, just like last night. And it took a while for us to adjust. That doesn't happen to the elite teams, right? Georgia's going to be physical from snap one. You watch these games, you'll see, obviously, Ohio State will be physical. Michigan will be physical from snap one. That's what they've established now who they are. That's where Florida State's got to get to. But they, they're they on the run towards that. I mean, it's not like you say, well, they didn't, they didn't have it this year. They can't get it. Oh, but this is all part of the steps you're taking to get to a place where you are setting the tone and you are setting the rules of engagement. Yeah, again, these are two 500 teams that you're playing to finish the season. And I, like you, often look at a bowl game and I say, I'm not going to take that as seriously, the um, 
the results, yeah. the way the game plays out, the flow of the game, it's not the same as the regular season. So if I'm trying to weight what I see, put some weight on it, mm-hmm. I'm looking more at a regular season game than I am a bowl game. However, sure. however, in this case, you can pair what happened last night in the trenches with the Florida game. Yeah. So now you've got a trend. And what you also have is a lesson. The great thing is... When you can win, when there's a lesson to be learned. It's the best part. It's, it's the best way to go about assessing your weakness after a win. Exactly. If you blow out Florida to finish the season and you win this game comfortably from ahead the entire way, maybe there isn't as much urgency on different in different levels of the organization as you hit the offseason. Maybe you're going to read your press clippings a little bit more. Instead, you just got 120 minutes of being pushed to the brink by two teams that are effectively a 500 football team, give or take. That's what you've got to improve on in the offseason. Now, the good news is, upon rewatch, I did the watch along with Dominic Robinson last night, and that was a lot of fun and insightful as always. But on the rewatch, I was more impressed with Jordan Travis the second time that I looked through the game. I knew he was good. I didn't know how good. He is on the brink. He is on the brink, I think this offseason of adding anticipatory throws to his repertoire. Oh, yeah, I agree with you. There were a few of those last night that look even better than what he did in the regular season. The continued growth of Jordan Travis has not stopped, and I can't wait to see what's in store for him next season because there are a few throws. There's a deep in early on in the game, one to Johnny Wilson that's an out-cutting route, and then the touchdown to Pokey. That all is some of that next-level stuff. Sunday-type throws. I know what his body type is. It doesn't scream NFL. But he's making some Sunday-type throws, and he had to, yesterday, maneuver around the pocket, climb the pocket, which is something that you do only if you have the utmost confidence. Break, contain, keep your eyes down the field, and fire. A lot of really, really good stuff from 13 last night. It's exciting. There's a lot of elements to what Florida State has coming back that we should be excited about. And when you talk about needing to progress and needing to get more physical and needing to be more consistent in games... Um, you're really talking about the finer points of being great, of, of, of reaching greatness, you know, of trying to be uh, more consistently uh, dominant at the point of attack, um, these kinds of things. So that's, you know, you, you've got to take those kinds of assessments and criticisms uh, with, the, with the understanding that there's no denying how much better Florida State is now than they were at the start of the season. There's no denying how much better Florida State can get and be and, and the path towards it. Uh, again, these are areas I have I've repeatedly said that when we play good teams, when we face good offenses, uh, the numbers aren't there for Florida State's defense. It's not good. They don't they don't get stops against good teams. They just don't. Florida's offense is pretty good. Dominated our defense. Uh, if you go back, Clemson's offense was average, and they were really good against us here in our own backyard. Wake did whatever they wanted for three quarters against us on offense. Uh, that those things are frustrating. Even against LSU, where we did first game of the year, nice, that's a brand-new coaching staff for LSU, brand-new team, basically. had a freshman at tackle who's going to be a stud for them. Um, they, they they moved the ball a little bit too easy in the second half as well, and I thought for the, for the most part, Florida State answered the call on that first game, but you're seeing a trend there defensively, especially in the secondary. Uh, I, that, that secondary is uh, suspect. Uh, whether it be a caliber of player or coaching or both. I think it's both. Uh, and then I would also suggest that the more physical linebacking core last night was Oklahoma's as opposed to Florida State. And and that's just because Florida State's not deep enough there either. No, some of the things that happened last night, first of all, they got banged up a lot yeah, in the did. secondary. Yeah, they did. A lot of reserves coming in, uh, all different parts of the game. 
Uh, but even before that happened, you see a lot of late communication at the line of scrimmage. We weren't set, and we weren't ready to go at the snap. That's frustrating because, you know, if you look at the core up the middle of the defense, you've got four veterans, two linebackers and two safeties that have been around. So what's taking so long? What gives here? I thought Azariah Thomas had some flash moments last night, one of which was in zone, buddy. Yeah, I know. He turned down a flat and took over the corner on a third and long, and he might have had a pick. But no matter what, that's a really good play. Also some good coverage, uh, one of the few punts that Oklahoma had in the first half. Good coverage on a third down where there was nothing there, and Gabriel had to throw the ball away into the sideline. So there was some life there from 20. But I, I also was very concerned by what I saw out of linebacking court because early in this game, they were just kind of guessing what gap to go hit. And Oklahoma was hitting on some big runs. And with Oklahoma you know, continued to hit on some big runs well, the you know, whole game. Th- that's the thing is, is they had us all cattywampus, too. In the second half, they're mentally exhausted as much as they're physically exhausted when Oklahoma's running left and right. I thought it was and a smart game plan, by the way. Venables did a good job with that team. He did both ways. Yeah, both ways. Yeah. Because they were not going to let us outside them on the ground when we were on offense. You could see that they were throwing bodies at the problem. But then also, he's like, the hell with this counter and outside zone stuff. I'm going to have guys waiting. We are not going to get outside of us. Happened on two occasions. One was a Lawrence Toafili run early on. He got banged up in the game. And the second time was a Trey Benson counter where he, he breaks a tackle in the backfield. And then he gets around the corner for 11 yards. Other than that, I don't think we ever got outside them. And we gave up contain all the time last night on the ground. We we did for much of the year. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 a problem. Uh, they they This is where we're going to have most of the conversation, I think, moving forward, is on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, you can complain, and I hear a lot of guys in the stands do this. Play in, play out, they get frustrated with a play call, which is funny. But people get upset about play calling all the time. Everybody is an OC. Uh, Yet when the numbers are revealed and you throw for over 400 and something yards against somebody and you statistically game in and game out down the stretch of six games average almost over 40. You do average over 40 points a game. You're all right on offense, guys. You're all right on offense. What was interesting about the first half, very quickly, a quick aside, is that we look like ass on offense for a lot of that first first half. And yet we're nearly at 300 yards at the break. Like, if you look at the yards per play, and I mean, I know a lot of it was chunk yardage, mm-hmm. but even when we were, this is how dangerous this offense can be. Even when we were bad in the first half, and anybody who saw it, anybody who watched the game on television or in the stands, they saw that's not us. We're better than that. And you're still averaging seven, eight yards a clip, and you're still pushing it on pace for five, fifty, six hundred yards. I mean, the floor of this offense is pretty scary. Yeah, he is. Um, he is, meaning. Jordan Travis, when you let him throw the ball, when you let him get after it, uh, once they kind of – and I'm big on establishing the run. I'm big on being more physical in the trenches in order to run the ball, which sets everything up. I always want to go in that route. I thought early it was pretty obvious. More than – well, I'd have to go back and look. You you did the rewatch. I drove from Orlando last night and did not do the rewatch yet this morning, I've got to be honest with you. Uh, but I, I would tell you that I thought that – Oklahoma was determined to make sure it wasn't a neutral box and yeah. they were going to take away the run. When it was, we had some success. When it was. But yeah. they were telling you we're not going to give that correct, up. Correct. We're not going to give that up. So once they decided to to commit a body to the problem and do the math, I thought, come on, Mike, let's go. Let's throw the ball. And we did. We eventually did and hit them on big plays, obviously. And so, listen – Today is a good day. Today is a day to reflect on a season in which Florida State did what they had to do. Um, they, you know, I would 
right now much rather be us than Florida and Miami. And you start in the state. You start trying to win those battles, and win totals on the field will affect those battles. I'm not talking about the in-game battles in which you have more points than they have. I'm talking about recruiting. I'm talking about the long-term viability of a program. Florida State's got a slight head start right now, which is nice because this season provides that. And by the way, if they decide to make some changes on this staff, I don't know if they will or they won't, this is, this is the time Mike will begin to assess now what he's going to do. Uh, I wouldn't look for a lot of changes. Uh, if he makes a change, I believe it might be one coach, maybe two at most. Even then, uh, I wouldn't count on that. Now, I've, I've let it be known what I, what I would do, but it doesn't matter what I would do. Uh, it, it's I, th- I think they're going to stay pretty close to status quo uh, with that staff. There may be a change. We'll see. But they're in a good position right now. And again, I think they're going to add to this class that we just talked about. Let's see how much more physical they are next year. Let's see how much better, if at all, they communicate defensively next year. That's going to be important. Oh, by the way, this is your daily assessment of of the big three that remain that returned for this game and guys that we've been wondering about. I'm still hearing two of the three will be back. Two of the three. That's interesting and it's notable. It is, and let me just lend a little bit of context to one of the three because I'm... Oh, people are worried about Fabian Love. Yeah. Well, I'm totally confused about Jamie Robinson because before the game starts yesterday on social media, he puts last one with a collection of four pictures on his Twitter. I don't know if he did the same on other accounts. And then after the game, he says, I've got a surprise for everybody on New Year's Day. So, I I don't know. I think he's having a lot of fun with the process. Yeah. Uh... I don't know what he'll do. I can't, To be honest with you, when I have this conversation with the people that would know, they tell you, we think we're getting two of the three, and we can't even tell you which of the two right. it is. It changes a lot. I think, and I'll just say this, that we've got a better than 50-50 chance at retaining a guy that would be the one that everybody thought would leave. I mean, uh, uh, that we've got a better than 50% chance to take the guy that's most NFL viable as we sit here today. Most NFL viable. Mm-hmm. Okay. We all know who that is. That's right. And I and, and, and for a variety of reasons, we've got a real good chance to get him back. It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply and with that i'm talking because we got no intro music today everybody you won't have to wait in the uh fortunate tv uh room where you normally waiting for me to music in progress sound returns soon. You won't have to do that. You can get rid of that damn thing. We're just going straight at it for a day 
In yeah. 2023. For, for now, yeah. 2023, it's going to be a little different, folks. Last last show uh, of the year, and it is a bit of a recap. And forgive the I'm not I'm not full of gusto today. Is a little little beleaguered. Had a uh, just for the right reasons though, guys. I saw a Florida man in Texas was wondering how much uh, you know uh, coffee and so forth I needed this morning to to be able to come in, thinking that I was celebrating. Woo! Yeah, go for super chats today. Yeah, not, to jump not, in. Not a drop during the game. Not a drop. Well, not if you're driving back after. No. Went through, I uh, hope, again, I said this yesterday on uh, the shows that, that I did, but I hope everybody's okay. Five different accidents. Is that right? Yeah, it took me five hours to get home yesterday. Oh, it sucks for you, buddy. It did that not was, take me that amount of time because I was driving in the dead of night. That was hurtful. The old tailbone. Oh, yeah, I got a tailbone injury from playing uh, as a roughhousing as a young kid. Yeah. And uh, it was not happy after being in the car and then on the bar stool for the, uh, in my office. We're going to have to get a better chair in 2023 for those live shows. Let me say thank you to those of you I had the opportunity and the privilege of meeting at the Jeff Cameron Show War Chant Meet and Greet uh, combo that we had at Harry Buffalo and after. And those walking around Orlando that I ran into. And uh, I had a I had a lunch with a dear friend that came up uh, from Miami. And we were sitting outside on a patio. It was beautiful. And enjoying some pizza. And... Uh, Table next to us, uh, big fan of the Jeff Cameron show, bought me a drink pregame. So we enjoyed that. That was that was fun. Nice. And uh, what'd you have? An IPA? I did not. I actually had a Tito's lime and oh, soda. That's good stuff. Yeah, just a laid back, uh, kept it clean, just enjoyed that. But that was on them. That was awfully friendly. Hey, listen, we, we are very fortunate to uh, have a great group of listeners and supporters, and uh, I just wanted to make sure I thanked everybody out there because I got I, I did meet a lot of people, a lot of really nice folks that said nice things and very supportive and kind, and we really do appreciate it. Um, good times. It's a good fan base. I'm not just talking about the Knowles, the people, the community of the JCS, the community mm -hmm. of Warchant, mm -hmm. a lot of very, very nice people. I wanted to ask you, though, upon the rewatch, I don't get the house, or not the house, I don't get the uh, broadcast audio when we're doing the watch along. It's right. On, it's right. on mute. But upon the rewatch, it sounded loud as hell in that building last It was night. packed. It was great. It was, yeah, it was loud. It was uh, very, very, very festive. It was a great atmosphere. I was so happy for my boys to be able to be there because they were really experiencing a, a true bowl. They haven't had a chance. If you think about how bad we've been and how young, like Clark is 12. We haven't been any good. So the last time, I mean, he, he doesn't remember being at a bowl game, seeing anything. So here you go. Now it's like, hey, and it, that was that was really cool. What was it? 70-30 Knowles? 80-20. Yeah, it yeah. was it was it was a home game, man. It was a home game. Oklahoma acquitted themselves well. That was um uh, the fans that were there were good and then also they hung in there. That was a that was a tough team. Um well, they're, they're not devoid of talent. And that's something we talked about at the various shows that we did at Harry Buffalo the extra hour for the pregame or, mm -hmm. or the live show was okay, you can look at it multiple ways. Before the bowl game, they were 3 and 6 to wrap up the season. That's that's not good at all. They did get blown out by TCU. They got destroyed by Texas. But if you look at the remainder of the season, how they went from that point forward, they went down to the wire with Kansas State who everybody believes is a pretty good football team, beat Oklahoma State down to the wire with West Virginia and with Texas Tech. They lost in overtime in their season finale. So this was a group that was capable of playing with decent teams all the way up to, again, not only anybody is, is looking down on K-State this season. That was no, a good, good football team. Good team, yeah. And that's the group that we got. The disappointing part for Florida State is, even though we did have six sacks last night, one of them would have had a seventh if not for a face mask. Right. Um, 
that offensive line with a lot of different replacement players still handle business against our defensive line more than you would like to. When you take away the sack yardage in the rushing game, they ran for 290 yards and five and a half yards a clip. Unacceptable. And they were a team that I would argue much like, so I'll give you a good example. Uh, Tennessee is getting ready to play, obviously, now without their quarterback uh, and, and without their best receiver. So you lose the best receiver in the country. And you lose a Heisman candidate quarterback. We'll see how Tennessee plays in this game against Clemson uh, in the Orange Bowl. But you know that in the SEC, Tennessee ran for 200 yards a game? Well, the reason I bring it up, they would do that to us. I don't, that's my point. There are teams like that. People talk about, well, you know, we did this or our team is. And go identify the teams that can run, that are really physical, that you know do that in, in, in a better conference. I, we'd have a problem with that. Oh, you can run the ball. They then they have a good quarterback. Their yeah. offense is good. Period. And they they made some significant plays in this game last night that had nothing to do with the run. Whether it was Gabriel scrambling early on that first mm-hmm. drive for a third and eight for a drive extender, but then how about Marvin Mims? I mean, a lot of those are 50-50 balls, maybe thirty seven. Cut everything. I mean, some of these are just circus catches, but they extend drives. And I saw in the chat, I agree with, I think it was CJ, but this was a turning point in the football game that Mims makes the catch on third and forever down the left sideline. He gets his foot down. It's a legitimate catch. Which is infuriating because live in the stadium, you're like, there's no way that's a catch. Even from the live play-by-play angle, you had to see the second replay to realize, oh my God, he, he got did his get foot down. down. Yeah. I was thinking, Mike, time out, time out. Let them go review this. They score a rushing touchdown in the next play, but there's, there's a, a hold. hold. And that changed everything. That changed. It was 14-3 at the game. Yeah, it, at that it was point huge. in the game, eleven. Huge. I think it was eleven and a half minutes to go in the second quarter. It was a legitimate hold. Brandon Gant drew it, and it affected the play. It was in the hole. You no, have it was to the right throw call. The yeah, flag. No, I could see it live. And then from there, you get the miss because you hold them down. They run a draw on third and eighteen or whatever, and then Jared Verse blows it up for a TFL. They miss the field goal. We go down. We score, and it's a different ball game from that point on. But while we were looking for calls and not getting them, the one we did get was critical because I don't know where we go if that touchdown counts if it's 20 to 3 they're on pace for 40 to 50 points I think the Sooners are and they almost scored 40 to 50 points anyway in this game well I I again will this is going to be a broken record and it will be interesting to find out what we do I mean I think when you self-scout there's no way around the fact that you have real problems defensively you're not an elite defensive unit you are you are better in some areas but you're pretty weak when compared to championship caliber teams in other areas from a personnel standpoint, but I, I also believe coaching standpoint on the defensive side of the ball. Now, I will also note that there are teams that have elite players throughout their roster. Ohio State's a good example. Throughout their roster that don't get a ton of stops. Like college football, pro football, I mean, it's a game geared towards offenses. Offenses rule the day. Elite offenses are going – it used to be we all knew uh, the mantra, you know, championships are won on defense and all that, and the, the game has changed. I mean, offenses, elite offenses uh, go out there and light up good defenses all the time. So I don't want anybody to get the impression that I go into games – with this antiquated view of how what a good defense looks like. I think a good defense going against a really good offense, the standard now is kind of like, can you hold them to 24, 21, somewhere in there? Because they're going to score. If they've got elite players, they're going to score. But I also think that 
you have to have a better realm of consistency and physicality to you on defense. You also have to communicate better. And if you're not communicating at this point, it means that there's a disconnect on defense with the coaching staff and the players. Well, and you don't have to give up 500 yards. You know, there's no <laughs> rule against that. You know, yeah. this isn't so ideally. It's not arena football. It hasn't skewed that way. You're correct. the The threshold for a good defensive performance it's is now in, it's into the low 20s mm -hmm. on average. I agree with you. Yeah. But you don't have to give up nearly 300 yards on the ground. You don't have to give up nearly 500 yards in this ball game. And look, turnover luck finally went Florida State's way in the second half. Well, that fumble on the long run up they're the, going to score. They're going to score. Drive. Well, we're in trouble at that point. We're yeah. in real trouble there. That 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 fumble changed the game also because we go down and score, and now they're catching up, having to catch up, and it just changes who's going to have. The, the key possession with the least amount of time. That gave us the opportunity to run that clock to where it was because they were playing catch up and we, you know, they could only tie. I actually thought after we scored, just to go through my thought in the stands, I turned to my son. I said, if Venable is, is smart, he now knows that they're not stopping Jordan Travis in this offense. They're not. And they had trouble stopping people all year long. So it's not new to him to be on the wrong side of somebody lighting up their defense. So he's got to be looking at that, and I thought, okay, you look at time, consider the circumstances. Oklahoma has nothing to lose. They were significant underdogs coming off a 6-6 six and six campaign. Here they are with an opportunity to go down and take the lead. Had they, or go down and tie the game. Had they done it, I would have gone for two. He didn't, they did do it, I should say. He didn't go for two, kicked the extra point. I'd have gone for two there. If I could have gotten more time off the clock, but he didn't, there was enough time for us either way, so yeah. he just decided, screw it, I'll tie it up. Yep, yeah, three and a half to yeah. go. If yeah. he could have got it to one and a half, I'd have gone yes. for two. He, he now, that, That's what I think he might have done, but th there was too much time. What's fascinating about last night with Venables, too, is I agree. I think the game plan was sound both ways. Mm -hmm. uh, he oversees the offensive game plan, as in they report to him, but that's, that's Levy and that's what they do over there. The yeah. defensive game plan was wise. Try and take away the run. They did, I think, largely do that, especially they took away our bread and butter. We could not run our bread and butter play, and they did a good job of that. But then he made a couple of boneheaded mistakes in terms of special teams decisions and clock management. That just, I have no idea what the hell he was thinking. First was, they're deep in our territory. It's a fourth and four. I think it was a third and 20-something. And yeah, they call and a draw. And I they could get... not believe he did that, yeah. So it looked like they were going to call a fake. And then maybe we were in punt safe. And so they called the timeout. And I, sh I thought for sure the offense is now going to come Jog on the Jog back out on the field. Exactly they right. did not. Mm -hmm. I was stunned. Again, for the reasons you're enumerating, too. That What do you have to lose? And then before the half, you squib it, and we have the ball near the 40, we get a free crack at a field goal? Hell is wrong with you, Brent. But nobody on earth thought that field goal was going in, and it did not. I had mediocre hope <laughs> on that one. Because it's a low-leverage kick. He has the leg, but he struck that. Uh, D-Rob and I were talking. I said, that that feels like one off the, no pun intended, off the toe, off the toe on the tee. I'm like, ooh, didn't catch all of that one. He doesn't have that great a leg, though. But he's hit from 53, he, and we've he seen has, a practice that he, he can go 55 to 60. But yeah, that wasn't. Uh, yeah, he's. What concerned me greatly. It was greatly, that close, though. If Jordan Travis had got another five yards, yes. Yes. What concerned me greatly about that, and we should have called timeouts on the other side of it before the Oklahoma. But I don't know what the hell we were doing. You were worried about how low he has to kick that to make it get a block. Well, uh, sort of. You're, you're thinking ahead because the PAT that tied at 25 almost scraped the helmets of the, at the line of scrimmage. That, and he looked like he stopped his follow-through, and he had a look of like, ooh. That snap might have been a little bit, but... It that, messed him up. It concerned me so greatly after seeing that PAT. That when that we on, tied it... On third down, we call a run to the left. Well, they're setting up the field goal, yeah. 
You know, yeah. You so you could you could kick a field goal after putting the ball in Jordan Travis's hands in that situation. I don't think he's going to make the NC State mistake again. He wanted them to have to use their final timeout, which they kept because of the unfortunate injury, injury to Jazz Turntine. They already had used it. They got it back for the injury timeout. Well, when he was hurt, and I was sad for him. That is just heartbreaking. Stinks, stinks. Uh, when it happened. Admittedly, after expressing sadness for his injury, I did lament. Damn it, they're not going to have to use their timeout. Here. Yeah, but <laughs> but here's what's dumb about that: a first down effectively ends the game. You don't need a touchdown there. It's third and six or or whatever it is, but you can get a first down or a touchdown. Maybe they're defending the end line, thinking you take the shot. You get the first down. Now that one timeout that they have left is irrelevant. Yeah, you put your knee to the ground three twice, three times, whatever you want to do. Get the clock down and you kick it as the game's over. I, I just I thought that was a, a very weak. Call. I didn't I didn't mind playing for a chip shot. I mean they're playing for a chip shot. I it didn't bother me. It didn't bother. It bothered me. me because you know they have the timeout and you want them to burn it, but there's still 55 left with that defense getting carved up. That's an awful lot of time, man. I want to go win the put the ball in Jordan Travis's hands to go win the football game. Not Trey Benson. He didn't have a good night on the ground. Well, but that they weren't trying to win the game with Trey Benson. They were trying to run clock. They were trying to get a chip shot field. It worked, and it was right down the pipe. Give him credit. Oh, played it, for it. This it is not out. Fitzy's fault. I'm yeah. just saying, Mike, I mean, in that situation next year, if it's LSU down the stretch and your defense has given up a bunch of points in the second half, I mean, they did it this year. LSU went down and scored. If you can hold on to the ball and run out the clock. I, I agree, but in Hawaii, Noel just brought it up, and I agree with him here on this one. We were getting carved up on the ground. I wasn't worried knowing they had to pass with one time. I was like, fine. They're, they're, you know what? We'll be all right well, here. And it worked. It worked. I mean, how many coverage busts did we have last night, Hawaii? You're not going to have a coverage bust with 55 seconds to play knowing the only thing that can beat you we is. did against LSU. We're not. Well. That was a scramble around craziness, throw the ball around. I mean, that was mostly... We couldn't cover... Their, uh, now, one of the key plays on that drive is we stopped nine short of the line to gain on first down. Runs the clock, and then from there, they get a full start, which is a 10-second runoff. Which the you, ref had to be reminded of. Which was crazy. And then you get the sack as well, and you have a hold. So they were screwed. I mean, they were they were in trouble on that last drive. You got to give the defense credit on that drive specifically. Yeah. Dominated. Did everything right. And they never do everything right. Ever not against good offenses, and they did. So I give them credit for that. Jeff Cabot, ninety three three Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Just as awkward as it was last time without any intro music. <laughs> so it is. We'll get this fixed. It'll happen before the uh, batch of shows to kick off the new year. This being the last of the shows for twenty twenty two. Man, that's weird to say. I'm still in it a is. fog from Orlando. Just in, you know the travel and the we had a whirlwind in the amount of work that we were doing there, in a good way, in a good way. It was a lot of fun to do. Um, and, again, thanks to everybody who came out. That was fun. But, you know, it's you do that, you're there, you're concentrating on the the, the work you got to do. Then the game itself, you're, you're wrapped up, at least I was, wrapped up in the game, having a blast, and then driving back last night and uh, waking up this morning kind of just feels like I'm in a haze uh, figuring out. Uh, but now – with, with about an hour to go, a little over an hour to go, we will exhale and enjoy some of these other games. Speaking of which, it's halftime between Maryland and NC State. If you're driving about and don't know the score or aren't around a television, it's 10-9 to 9 Maryland uh, leading NC State. And coming up here shortly, you've got Pitt and UCLA. There's bowl games on all day. This is a good day. You, Notre Dame and South Carolina, 
on paper looks like a fun game at 3.30. I don't know that it will be because it could very well be just a matter of the fact that South Carolina has Spencer Rattler in this game. Notre Dame does not have Drew Pine. So, I mean, he's gone. So, all of a sudden, you got one guy who has a quarterback, one guy who doesn't have a quarterback, or at least one that didn't play. So, South Carolina, and if let's not forget Spencer Rattler, who I've largely made fun of for the bulk of his career, has had back-to-back 400-yard games and beating Tennessee and Clemson. All right, so, you know, we'll see. They're playing well right now. Uh, later on, Ohio and Wyoming, which a lot of you won't care about, but people know my love for Wyoming. Hey, but there's plenty of folks in the chat who love Wyoming. That's true. It's kind of like Vikings fans. You just find a yeah, bunch of people everywhere. who like Wyoming. Mm-hmm. And then finally, tonight, it culminates with what's an interesting matchup. Uh, these two teams do not look like they did in the regular season, missing very key players. Both teams are Tennessee and Clemson tonight in the Orange Bowl. Way too much orange for my liking, but a good matchup and a fun game, potentially. This is very much a what day is it feel internally. <laughs> yeah. I think all of us oh. are going through it right now. It's the 30th, not the 31st. Well, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And what day of the week? I was getting in the car today, and I looked at the trash cans, and I said, oh, yeah, i got to put those out tomorrow. No, no, Wednesday is the day you put out the trash cans. Tomorrow's Saturday. For you, Tuesday for us. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Yeah, well, I can't figure out what day it is because usually the day after a game, we're watching the NFL, mm-hmm. but we're not doing that. Usually there's a smash uh, and we're not doing that on Warchant TV because we've got a live show today. But then it's the weekend tomorrow. This is just kind of glorious. All, yeah, Welcome well, the weekend. Welcome to a, an observed holiday on Monday as well, buddy. That's that's also good. I will also doff the cap to the ladies who went on the road and knocked off North Carolina that's in basketball right. yesterday. Told them, get you some. Nicely done for uh, the basketball team. At least one of our basketball teams is hanging in there. The whispers around that program, I'm not going to pretend to cover it. I'm not going to do that thing. No, we're like, don't, you know, you can hear yeah. people struggle and they're like, yeah, I saw it. No, you didn't. You no. did not. Mm. But people around the beat do. And they, you know, everybody's got their little niche. Like, I like softball a lot. And so people are like, hey, what do you think? The culture around that program, according to the people who really are invested in FSU women's basketball, the culture has improved dramatically in the last couple of years, which I find interesting because Sue, good job, Brooke Wyckoff. Because Sue is fantastic. And she has, for a long time, had a, a strong culture, but it sounded like they needed a bit of an overhaul. So good job, Coach. Sometimes, right. sometimes, new set of eyes. Of course, she was already on the staff, Brooke was, so, you know, yeah. hired from within. And, so the, yes, that interim year was pretty well done. Yeah. Saw Brooke Wyckoff as a player when she was in school. Remember her career very well. She was outstanding, doing a good job with the ladies. It's worth mentioning. Also, it's worth mentioning, if you're wondering when it's going to happen, it's going to be soon. Fintrell Cypress. Uh, the stud corner out of Virginia uh, is going to make his announcement. Uh, okay. And uh, I do believe uh, we may hear good news on that. We may hear really good news on that. He is. Uh oh, is that a Jeff Cameron? Uh, I'm not breaking anything here. I'm just hearing. Lou good, career forecaster. Lou. No, I, I am hearing that uh, Florida State's in a good position for Fentrell Cypress. And for those that don't know who that is, I just mentioned where he played. He's the corner from Virginia, he's an elite player. Uh, he's the number one, depending on where you look, transfer portal player. So you you get him, you're adding to your portal lore, which is of as of now is is growing. <laughs> it's growing by the second. He visited Florida State the weekend before Christmas. Uh, remember Tom? I for whatever reason said, "Hey man, it's a Rock Hill, South Carolina kid," and. Uh, He's had coffee and decent roads, so uh, good for him. If yeah, yeah, the first media availability with uh, Fentrell, if if he does come to Tallahassee, mm. you should walk in. You make fun of the rest of the state. 
Yeah, well, you should just say, Rock Hill, South Carolina. How are you, young man? And then walk up, shake his hand. Yeah, he, uh, you know, was all ACC. He's a pro football focus, first team all ACC, uh, 14 pass breakups. Holy moly, that's doing some things. Um, when targeted, according to PFF, uh, teams had a NFL passer rating of 58. I, ain't okay. good. I mean, he's a dominant corner in this league. Uh, you get him, that's really good news in terms of the talent that you're able to supply that secondary with. Again, let's see how well he's coached once he gets here, uh, but he's got the talent to do well, something about it. That's the thing, and and we all know where you stand, mm. and we know where a large segment of the fan base stands on the weaknesses, deficiencies, things that aren't good enough on the defense. But Mike will tell you whether he believes it's principally a personnel issue or a coaching issue with whatever decisions he makes or does not make in the next month. I mean, plain and simple. Mike Norvell's vote is the one that counts the most, and we're going to see what he decides is the issue. Because if he thinks it's a personnel issue only, then we're going to roll with the same staff. Well, I would also say, Tom, that yes, that's true. But it's also true that, you know, you have a staff that is just put together, and they both had, uh, certainly the more consistent side of the ball is the offense, but... They both had to come together to put together a staff in which that locker room couldn't be healthier. The players love playing here. All There's a lot of people that make up that situation. It's not just one guy or two guys. And you have a cohesiveness, and you have a 10-win season. Sometimes coaches might be reluctant to upset the apple cart. I think the biggest factor when you're going to make changes are the decisions as to who you could bring in to replace that person or persons. And to me, I, you know, you may see a problem as a coach. He may assess it and say, he would never tell us publicly or even privately, I don't think. Yeah, I, I hear you. We got some issues over here. We, we can do better. Our guys aren't always on the same page, and that's bothering me too. I'm a little frustrated by how many points we give up, etc. He might agree with all of that. But if he doesn't see the guy he wants or somebody that he would tab as a big-time difference maker, both in the world of recruiting within this state and also in terms of development, then maybe you hold off a year. Maybe you see a pat. Maybe you look down the line and go, you know, the guy I want is going to be available in a year, or his contract's up, or he'll be ready to move on. Then maybe, maybe he's already talked to somebody. You know, or in that situation, maybe coach has a Ron Dugan's resurgence. That could happen too. That ain't gonna happen. But uh, th- th- I'm just, I'm just saying that, that that's what is said that about Ron last year too. Uh, Hour number two, fourth coming, Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV and 9876543211.